Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. I am grateful to live in the country that we live in. And without the hope that was birthed by our forefathers through, listen carefully, the enlightenment of the Word of God, there would be no hope like this for a nation in the world to even exist. You have to understand history. That's why many people, even in our generation, in this country, are against the freedoms that we have. Because they want to change history. Majority of us have never really... We've only had the propaganda of the corruption of what they wanted you to know about the past. History is history. It should not and really cannot be corrupted. It can only be manipulated in the hearer. Are you following me? With great honor, I say thank you to all of those that really paid the ultimate sacrifice we are grateful for the veterans, but I want to say thank you to those that today, this is the different from Veterans Day. You understand that, right? This is everybody that checked out early on purpose. And we'll talk about that from the scriptures here in a minute. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, something that was done accidental. It was something that was purposed. Well, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Glory to God. Father, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Give us revelation knowledge this morning. Take today, burn it into our being in the name of Jesus. We clear our minds from all preconceived ideas and understanding. We give you our minds and our hearts. We thank you for the word of God coming forth like a sharp, two-edged sword that you are and cutting asunder those things that are nothing more than the lies of the devil and those things that are the truth. Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. For as far as I'm concerned, Give me clear thought and accurate words to convey understanding. Thank you, Father, for the anointing that you've placed upon me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Glory to God. I want to say this just before the youth are going to be being dismissed to go to uh, their small groups. And we thank God for the youth of America and in this church particularly. Yes. Amen? Yes. If you're not behind the youth, shame on you. You're just behind. Okay? 
And I want to dismiss them at this moment and let them go to their small groups. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I want you to, they should be in your prayers. They should be in your endeavors. Listen very carefully to parent, parents. I want to say this to you. The anointing of Jesus is upon me. And I am going to challenge you, and I'm going to say this with all sincerity of love, but it may seem blunt. If you forfeit and dishonor your sacred gift that God has entrusted to you of rearing your children to someone else, you deserve what you get. A lot of people that I have dealt with through the years say, Pastor Ronnie, help me with my child. I can't help you with your child if you won't obey the Word of God. All the counseling in the world can't change your child if you don't practice this at home. Question, do you have a devotion with your children? I, I don't answer that publicly. Those of us that don't need to repent. You know what that means? That don't mean ball and squall about all your problems, you know, about your past. It means to change. If you're not doing it right, you do it right. You learn how to. Turn to your neighbor and say, I can see he's after you today. Don't dishonor that sacred trust God has given you by giving you children. The number one teachers in your child's life is you, the parents. And when you think you're going to throw it off to the youth leader or the teachers... They cannot change what you practice at home. And if you're too busy, you're just too busy. You better get unbusy. Because it will come back to bite you in the butt. And you can blame the educational system. You can blame the church. But when you get up in the mirror in the, and look in the mirror in the morning to wash your face and you feel like you want to bawl and squall and cry because of your kids. That's the person that is responsible. Good thing the offering's already taken. <laughs> you see, I am not here. This is one of the things that, it, 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 it's a dishonor for those that stand behind the pulpit to not give you the truth. Okay. And I know it sounds tough. You know, sometimes pastors, many people have no, don't see this side of Pastor Zona. But Pastor Zona sometimes makes me confront myself. Hello. She loves me enough. You know, she said up here Wednesday, Thursday morning, isn't it? God corrects those whom He loves, and she says, I am really loved. <laughs> I have to agree with you. 
I'm loved by you and God. I want to talk to you today just for a little bit. This, anytime I get up here, it's just for a little bit. These are life lessons. Catch the word. Pay attention right there. It's life lessons. And it's entitled, Greater Love. <coughs> Greater Love. We are in a war, my friend. If you call yourself a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand you're in a war, a culture war. That culture, listen carefully. Culture wars can lead to a physical war. Unless the church does its job and fights the spiritual war. Do you understand? In Germany, the church there in Germany, before World War II broke out, did not do its spiritual war. The culture war of their time, because the church didn't do its job, broke out into a physical war. Millions of people innocent people were murdered. You talk about mass murder, a mass murder that took place for, for years. Same thing is true with, in, in communism of U, the USSR. And in China. We don't talk about it very much, but those are the things you need to understand. God gives the church the spiritual weapons to use to bring down principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. And if the church does its job, it can prevent a physical war. Are you understanding? We're in a war. It's a culture war, and it can only be won by the church. Because the church only has, I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, is the only ones that have the weapons that can defeat the enemy without, listen carefully, the shedding of blood. Because the blood's already been shed. Are, are you, are you grasping here? That's where you and I have to be careful of the information that we receive both in the news media, entertainment, and so on and so forth. And you have to have principles that you stand on or truths, if you would, or we could say it another way, laws that govern your belief system because the, it, we've been, the church has been asleep for decades about what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the hereafter now. They're, they're, all the churches believe on Jesus are thinking about the hereafter, but they don't realize that they're, we're here to be the salt and light on the earth for the spreading of the gospel. And if we don't take this seriously... 
And it's just something that we take, well, you know, if I get around to it, maybe if I don't have a better fishing trip on Sunday, I'll show up. Now, don't misunderstand. We all need break time. Amen? Yes. Glory to God. You ought to be shouting amen for the person sitting beside you or behind you. <laughs> use the mirror. You just use the mirror. Yeah, they got it. They got it. No, that one didn't get it. He missed it altogether. No, no, no. Here's what we've got to grasp. The meaning of life, the very meaning of life, which I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people, even church people, don't know the meaning of life. They don't know it. The meaning of life is found in Jesus Christ. And many times we have think, we just think that all we got to do, and listen very carefully, Jesus said the Great Commission is not about getting people to repeat the sinner's prayer. The Great Commission was to make disciples of all nations. That may be the starting point, but let me ask you a question. How many of you would, would have respect and honor for any parent or parents, mother and father? You understand it takes more than just the woman. Anybody here? Y'all can, can vote on that. Now, now our culture believes, you know that we have one of our leaders, one that sits on the Supreme Court that thinks a man can have a baby? You don't think we're in a culture war? And by the way, there's one political party that's just insane. And the other one, if we're not careful, if the church doesn't do its job, it's going to take over. Uh, it will be taken over with insanity too. Good thing I, uh, uh, these bright lights keep me seeing all the details on your face. <laughs> Life begins... And I don't even want to say end, because it doesn't end. But it begins in Jesus. Amen. The meaning of life. And most people say, well, you know, I, I don't have no meaning of life. The meaning of life is found in Jesus Christ. That's why a person that doesn't know Him doesn't understand what we're here for. And they, listen carefully... The absence of knowing Him leaves a person not only not knowing the meaning of life, but not honoring life. In fact, we'll degrade this life to nothing more than animalistic. You are not an animal. I don't care what kind of educational system has told you that you came from a monkey. You didn't. You came from God. Amen. And God is not a monkey. 
But we've made, because of degradation, we've made ourselves nothing more than animalistic. We've let that be taught to our children. Many people in here have been brought up in, in, in education in that way. In fact, there's a lot of higher education that's nothing more than lower education. It's propaganda to make you not understand life. The meaning of life is found in Jesus Christ. Okay? I guess I'd better move to reading some scripture right now. In first, I mean, in St. John chapter 15. I'll be reading out of the King James, verses 11 through 14. Jesus is doing the speaking. You have red letter, right? In your Bible. If you don't, you need, you need, it's very important who's doing the talking. He says here in verse number 11, These things I've spoken unto you, that my joy, notice what he said, he didn't say your joy. He said that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Your joy won't be full until his joy is in you alive. Watch carefully. This is my commandment, that you love one another, watch carefully, as, as I have loved you. Everybody say a commandment. You know, anybody says, well, <laughs> anybody that says, and I keep emphasizing this, I have to emphasize it because so many people have believed it for so long. Anybody that says the opposite of grace is law has totally been blinded because that's not so. The opposite of law is lawlessness. This is a commandment. Did you hear that? It's a commandment. And when God gives a command, it's just like a law. Okay? He's saying if you operate outside this commandment, you operate outside this law, things are not going to operate in the way I created it to operate. Are you following that? And he said, this is my commandment that you love one another, listen carefully, not like the world loves one another. But like I love you, like I have loved you, then he's going to be a little bit more specific about what that means. Next verse. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Wow. No greater love. In other words, this is a high level, the highest level of love. By the way, love is not emotion. Love has emotion. Woo-wee! Okay? You are my friends if... Turn to your neighbor and say if. Yeah. Now, you're the only one that can meet that condition. 
if you do what I command you to do. I'll give it to you in the King James. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now what did he command us? To love one another as he loves us, as he loved us. Now how did he love us? Jesus didn't come to the earth for himself. Did you hear that? He was purposed by the Father from the foundation of the world. Now being purposed by the Father from the foundation of the world, Jesus made some statements while he was here to give us understanding. I am not here to do my will. I'm here to do the will of the one who sent me. Now Jesus said, we just read it, that we are to love one another as he loved us. In other words, he loved us enough that he was only going to do the will of the Father. That lets us know that the will of the Father is for our good. Did you hear that? So when God says, we, I, I really appreciate that song that Richard sang there, there at the last. Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, lead me. If you say, don't do it, I'm not going to do it. If you say, do this and go there, I'm all in. I'm going to jump in with all fours. But you know what? A lot of Christians from the past have had a habitual behavior that doesn't put their all in it. It, they all go to the other church. I'm giving you a chance to pass the buck. You see, we got to put our all in it. You can't, you can't be half-baked. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. It means your whole total being and your whole total life, however long that is has one purpose, and that's to do the will of the one who even brought you here and the one that sacrificed himself for you. Love, true love, has sacrifice associated. Jesus said, again, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Now he said, I'm saying these things to you that my joy, my joy might be in you so that your joy might be full. Do you know why there's a lot of unhappy Christians? They don't have no meaning to life. They think everything is in the hereafter. Turn to your neighbor and say, you, you're not a cat. You don't have nine lives. <laughs> and by the way, I'm going to give you a big clue. Neither does a cat. <laughs> you only got one shot at this throughout eternity. One shot. 
You're only going to live in this life one time. Okay? And it seems like to me that we need to live it to its fullest capacity. Jesus gives us the pattern. But a lot of Christians won't do it. See, that's why he said make disciples. He didn't say just get somebody to repeat, repeat the sinner's prayer and then leave them on the doorstep of somebody else. Are you listening? Your life is about responsibility. What is responsibility? It's able to respond. It's giving you the ability to respond. How? The same way Jesus responded to the Father, He wants us to respond to the love wherewith He gave Himself for us. Are you following that? See, we have made church a give-me place. Gimme, gimme, gimme. God's name is Jimmy. Okay? And it's not about that. Never has been about that. A lot of Christians are, are so full of despair, just like the world, because they've not understood the meaning of their life. The meaning of their life is found in Jesus. Now listen very carefully. We've even taken prosperity message and we've made it something that it's not. And by the way, if you don't believe in the prosperity gospel, then you don't believe in any of the gospel. First thing Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord was upon me to preach the gospel. Who to? The poor. Very first thing, before He ever said anything about healing the brokenhearted or setting any captive free, He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, the word gospel means what? Talk to me if you know that. Good news. What is the good news to the poor man? You don't have to be poor no more. Are you following me? Okay. So anybody, and you know, a lot of people look at me and say, well, that's all right for you, Pastor Ronnie, because you're white. You're privileged. I am privileged, but my privilege doesn't come from government. It comes from who I believe. It comes from Jesus Christ. He gave me privilege. Are you following me? All right, moving right along. That was a sidetrack for somebody. The greater love of life. Now, let, let me put it, let's see if I can say it this way. The greatest love is not affection. The greatest love, the greater love is sacrifice. Now, Brother Ronnie, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't know anybody that want to do that. Are, are you hearing me? I don't know anybody wants to do that. You know, when I was in high school, 
and in my senior year, I, you know, I turned 18 just before we graduated, and I had to go down. This is back when we had the draft, and I, we, the Vietnam War was going on, and I had to go down and register at the post office, you know, for the draft. And when I got my draft card, it said A1, and it didn't mean Allen won. <laughs> it meant when you graduate, you're going to be the first to be called. You're in that category. You're in that slot. A1. And I, during that time period, it, you know, it weighed on the back because I've seen many people go over there, didn't come back the same. Some of them didn't even come back. And I seen that it was a war that was a political war that should not have been. If you're going to go to war, go to win. Don't go to keep the status quo. Right. Because then you're mocking the sacrifice that people are making. And we've had governments that have done that. In fact, we've got an administration right now that's doing it. My point is, I was feeling this pressure and I was knowing that, you know, I didn't want to go. And none of the other guys that I knew of wanted to go. And we had a lot of uh, people like <clears throat> Bill Clinton that dodged it. And you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, don't, 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 don't talk about that. That's your problem. You don't want to talk about it. And you want me to be nice to you, but you don't want to hear the truth. You'd rather be me nice than to tell you the truth. You need to go check history. He dodged it. And we elected him president. Twice. Who made a mockery in the Oval Office. Those are facts. That attitude has crept into the church. So I've seen a lot of people draft dodging it, and I thought, man, I, I don't have, I, I got too much word in me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've been brought up, I got too much of the Bible in me. <laughs> Jesus, you saved me. I don't want to do that, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go over there and fight a useless war. And so I, my mind, whenever I would see on the news media, and they were advertising how many people were killed every day. Every day. And I, I just, I, I kept thinking in the back of my head, would I have the courage, the fortitude to do that? Would I be willing to give my life? I was in love with a beautiful blonde. <laughs> and I did not, you know, my intentions was to graduate, go to work, get married. All in 1973. <laughs> you know what happened? I did. <laughs> but my, po my point is, I kept, I kept questioning myself. Would I be willing to do so? Would I be willing to do so? I seen the sacrifice of what was take, took place in World War II. And do you know those people 
had greater love for our nation. But in future generations of people they did not know, they did not know you. They had the greater love. Now, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about chapter 11. It's called the Hall of Fame of Faith is the way I've heard it. Now, people use faith and brought great deeds. And it talks about Abraham, talks about Isaac, talks about, uh, talks about how uh, David, uh, you know, killed Goliath. It talks about Samson. It talks about... And these guys did great feats. Then it goes to a portion in that chapter and makes a statement. But there were some who did not accept deliverance. But were willing to sacrifice, I'm term, using it in my terminology, that were willing to sacrifice for a greater resurrection. And I thought about that. What does that mean, greater resurrection? Because they have a greater love. And it wasn't until a few years later that I read and discovered a book called The Fox's Book of Martyrs. It is a history book. Every Bible-believing Christian should read that book. And here's why. During the Dark Ages, Christians were so persecuted that they were martyred burned at the stake, torn asunder by being tied to two horses and then make the two horses go in the opposite direction, all because they would not deny the faith in Jesus Christ. Some were uh, beheaded and it all started right after we see the apostles. It started with that and it started giving this history. It's a history book. And it's through what is called the Dark Ages. Now, here's what I want you to see about that. Some of these people, why did they do that? To keep the faith alive in the earth. Okay? And yet, many Christians don't understand that the faith that you have through the Word of God because of the blood of Jesus has been passed on from generation to generation and it cost to pass it on. Everybody say cost. What did it cost them? It cost them blood, sweat, and tears. And yet into the modern church today, we see there's an attitude that our churches have become nothing more than entertainment centers to where we pat the pastor or the preacher, the speaker on the back, say that was a good word. In other words, I was humored while I was here. And that's been the attitude that has crept into the church. And God says through all of this that's taken place in the last couple of years, I'm changing my church to come back to its roots. Its roots are found in the greater love. The greater love. What would you do if they showed up to your house and say, you either denied Jesus or we're taking you to jail? 
I pray to God that I'd have the courage. But people in America don't get that we're that close. You're being censored right now. In fact, the spirit of one world government is alive and it is being very active. We live in the last of the last days. The close of the age is upon us and we can, we can no longer take for granted our faith. Either you have something to die for or you have nothing to live for. Now that's, that's an easy thing to say right now because we're in here comfortable with the AC. But you better, you better let that sink in for a moment. Let it echo into your heart. Because the devil is playing and manipulating things for keeps. And God's word has to be taken seriously. And you and I have to take our stand. The time has come that you're going to have to take your stand. And it may mean you're mocked for it. May mean that you're ridiculed. May mean you may not get a raise because of it. Because you, got, you work for a woke corporation. It may mean that stuff. But see, my raises come from God. My pres prosperity comes from Him supplying my needs, not to go along to get along because I am more wrapped up in my life on how much I earn versus the faith. Woo, man. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, did you get that? My mom used to do that to me all the time when I was sitting in church. And she didn't do it quietly either. Glory to God. I thank God for my upbringing. And I'm trying to give you that same upbringing. When you get to heaven, if you make it, you get to heaven. <laughs> Third John chapter 1. If you get to heaven, you see my mom and dad. You think I'm rough on you now? You see my mom and dad? You'll probably say thank you, but right now you've got to blame them. <laughs> Y'all let that go by. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Third John chapter 1, verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now listen very carefully. Faith, let me say it another way. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. Okay? We don't manipulate truth for our advantage. You understand what that means? That means that we don't say, <laughs> oh man, have you, don't respond outwardly. But you ever 
want to bring somebody to church just so you can sit them beside you and say amen at the point you want them to get? <laughs> Do you know what that is? That's manipulating truth. You have an agenda. Instead of letting the truth do the work. Now we know by love, we want them here because we love them. But don't manipulate the truth. Just let the truth do its work. Are y'all following me? Okay. And say, I'm saying amen for myself. Say that. Okay. All right. He said, no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. He said, no greater joy. Now, truth emanates from love. I'll say that one more time. Truth emanates from love. In other words, it comes out of love. That's why he said, let, don't let... Uh, 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 don't let your love be with, with assimilation. In other words, let it be without dissimulation. Let it be without fakeness. Let it be sincere. Uh, because it, it, that love has to be... True love is based on truth. All other love is fallacy. Based upon lust. Are y'all hearing that? Glory to God. Listen carefully. Once a person receives the love of life which comes through Jesus Christ, you want to give your life away. Did you hear what I, I want you to let? Let me give that to you one more time. I'm not sure. You, 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 how many of you ever had to have something repeated? Okay. I, well, the, I'm saying it for your sake. The rest of them are going to get to hear it anyhow. Once a person receives the love of life, which is, or which comes through Jesus Christ, that's the love of life, that's the meaning of life, you want to give your life away. You don't want to keep it to yourself. Now there's where you find the meaning of life. The meaning of life is giving your life away the way Jesus gave it away. But so much of the time the church is focused on one thing. Me, me, me. And we have become a me church. It's all about me and my problems. It's all about me and what I'm going through. And so guess what? I'm going to go to church so everybody knows me needs help. Now don't misunderstand. There ain't a person in here that doesn't have a need. Not a single person in this room or in the sound of my voice through, through the live stream that doesn't have a need. There's not a single person that doesn't have a need. When somebody says, I don't have no needs, they're lying like a dog. <laughs> Everybody's got needs. But if you focus on your needs, you are self-centered. And you haven't found the meaning of life. 
Everybody seems to think that the person that gets up behind here has no problems. When in reality, they get up here and speak in spite of their problems. And the person that, that has found their meaning in Jesus Christ knows the answer is Jesus Christ. And they get up here and tell it sometimes when they're hurting. Are you hearing me? Wow. God is... God is not looking for, for martyrs. But He's looking for those that are willing to be martyrs. Do you know what martyrism is? Uh, it really is self-sacrificing. It's self-sacrificing. It's giving yourself away. And when a person has received the love that Jesus has given for us, He gave Himself away. It brings meaning to our purpose on why we were even born. And we want to give ourselves away by sacrificing, not focusing on me. Are you, are, is that, I hope this is sinking in. You're real quiet, so. Must mean you're listening. Here's the thing. Fallen human nature won't do this. Because fallen human nature is inspired by the devil. And the devil is very self-centered. He's made self his God. And he bows down to every whimper of his own desire. Are you following me? He's made himself the idol. You remember Jesus telling a story? He tells a story like this. And he said, there was a man, a rich man. And he says, my crops, my herds, they've all done real good. In fact, I put my crops in, in, in there and there, there, there are so many, it's overflowing. And he says, I don't know what to do. He says, I know what I'll do. I'll build myself bigger barns. And he built himself bigger barns. And he filled them up and he says, now I'll live for, 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 for the rest of my life over my bigger barns. All the harvest that I brought in. And Jesus said, you fool, don't you know, today, your life is going to be, re listen carefully, pay attention right here, your life is going to be required of you. Your life is going to be required of you. I'm going to say that one more time. Your life is going to be required of you. And he, then he says, whose, whose harvest is the rest of all you put in your barn going to be. Who's it going to go to? Now here's the point. Prosperity 
is not just for you. If you view prosperity as just getting a, bit, a newer car or living in a bigger house, and there's nothing wrong with either one of those. Okay? I've got some things that I'm believing that are bigger than what I got right now. Don't look at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. None, how many of you would love about a $12,000 a year raise? The rest of you lying. Listen, if you don't want a $12,000 a year raise, give it to me. So I don't want you... But here's the point. Why do you want it? Well, now, let, let me give you... This is the best analogy I know how to help, uh, put it. Zona and I were struggling. We had two kids. The third one wasn't even born yet. These were, they were little. Zona had a job. I had a job. I was working for her father. We lived in a rent house that he charged us rent for all you mom and dads get that. <laughs> he charged us rent. And uh, I was working a job and I was working for him at the same time. And Zona was working. We'd come home in the evening. We had two small children. And I had a garden. I didn't have a garden because I wanted it. Because I've been working in the hot sun all day. I did not want to come home in the evening and work in the sun again. I guess that today is the reason why I don't like July, August, and September. <laughs> but my point is, I was out there working in the garden. Those were the days when you could sell Coke bottles back. You ever heard of returning Coke bottles and you get a refund? And I was scrambling around earlier that day to find some Coke bottles to go to the little country store that we lived right down the road so I could have enough money to buy a half a gallon of milk. I didn't say a gallon. I said a half a gallon. I had no cash. Didn't have much in the checking account at all. And we didn't have anything in the savings. And I'm out there hoeing in that garden. As I'm hoeing in the garden, I'm complaining to God and calling it prayer. How many of you ever done so? Okay. I called it prayer. See, prayer is not prayer if there's no faith in it. I'm complaining. And I'm saying, Lord, I'm tired. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I do good. I go to church on Sunday. We tithe. Listen carefully. But my attitude and the thing between my ears called my thoughts had misunderstood prosperity. And I'm out there hoeing in that garden complaining. And I said, I don't understand why you ain't helping us. Well, that's kind of stupid. I got a job. Hello. I got a beautiful wife and two children. Had a great church to go to with a great pastor. Boy, that went really big. <laughs> And I was, see, my, because I was me-centered in my need. 
I wasn't thinking about anything else. I wasn't grateful for what was in my life. So I put no value on things. My priorities were goofed up. And I'm hoeing in that garden. And God let me exhaust myself by griping and crying. I was crying. Complaining. And He let me exhaust myself hoeing around the, the, the green beans. After about 15 minutes of total silence, which while I'm talking, He never did talk. <laughs> he said something to me I'll never forget. And it rose up right out of here. And I had a witness that it was God. He said, the trouble with you, Ronnie, is you're selfish. It's exactly what he said to me. You're selfish. And I threw down the hole like that. And I said, what do you mean? I talked out loud. That's all. I didn't want nobody around. I talked out loud. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, because all you've talked about is your four and no more. And I said, you mean there's something wrong for me wanting to provide for my family? Because there was just four of us at the time. He said, no, because you didn't think about any, anybody else but your family. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is one of those times of elbow right in the ribs. I'm not talking about prosperity today. If that's what you're thinking I'm talking about, you're missing what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're going to give your life away. Thank God we had people that would martyr, would be willing to become martyrs. In fact, there's a special place in the book of Revelation where it mentions them. They love not their life unto death. In other words, they invested their life even if it cut off their life early. They invested their life. Too many Christians have let the attitude of the world come into the body of Christ and we think that everything's supposed to be centered around my need. Now if you got a need, I'm going to give you something that you need to hear. This is a principle. You, your flesh ain't going to like it. If you have a need, then you need to sow a seed. Now you're getting nervous. He's going to take up a second offering. You're missing it. What about sowing a seed of kindness? What about sowing a seed of prayer? We want people. We get on. The, we get on. We get on uh, uh, all the communications. Pray for me. Well, I'm in trouble. Pray for me. How much time have you spent praying for somebody else? Or are you this foolish that you would have said, "We're praying for you," and never think about them again? Then you lied not only to God but yourself. You know what I find out when, whenever I say that God's corrected me? When somebody says, pray for me, Pastor, well, let's pray right now. Because the devil would love me to get wrapped up in myself, forget about you. Oh, don't look at me like you have no idea what I'm talking about. I know that this is sharp. 
But it's about time you and I become sharp instead of dull Christians that have no meaning to life and then wonder why our life doesn't have meaning. Jesus is the meaning of life and he said if you will I command you to love one another the way I loved you I gave my life to you when are you going to let that impact you to where you give your life away now what does that mean that means that sometimes it's not going to be convenient sometimes it's going to be self-sacrificing we could take it right on down. Many of us, some of us haven't had the privilege that I have had to grow up into a God-fearing family. And, uh, you know, I, I, I get that. But let me ask you a question. Have you thanked God that you had food on your table growing up? How did that get there? Probably not accidentally. Yeah, but my mom and dad, they treated me, and my siblings, they treated me. You poor little thing, you. <laughs> Listen, I, I, even though I was raised in a, in, in a pastor's house, everybody in the church was in my business. <laughs> Well, when they wouldn't say anything about anybody else's kids, they sure made sure they told my dad. I had that, plus I was the last on the totem pole. So I had not only my parents, but I had seven siblings before me that were my parents also. I could take and put a chip on my shoulder. Hello? You follow me? There's nobody that likes everything that ever happened to you in life. Nobody. And you may have had a lot of bad things. My point is, know the meaning of your life. You didn't get here accidental. Your parents may not have wanted you to come. That does not mean that God the Father didn't want you here. That's how come you're here. If, even if they got the cart before the horse. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life and you'll never know the meaning of why you were born until you have an encounter with the love of Jesus. And once you do that, you don't want to keep your life to yourself. You will go to the extremes of giving that life that's in you away. Let me give this last part because I, I know that... <coughs> Anytime we dishonor God, His Word, and life, we disgrace ourselves. Anytime. You make your life a shame and a disgrace when you don't know the meaning of life. Anytime we dishonor God, dishonor His Word. Can I be honest with you? How many of you like for me to be honest in the last yes. few minutes? Yes. 
There are some things that God tells me to do I just don't want to do. Yeah, you know, well, Pastor Ronnie, I, I thought you just always... No, when you call me at 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't feel like praying for you. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I don't feel like praying for you. There are other times I, I you know, I, I, I got... Zona was, uh, said something to me this morning. I don't even remember what it was. She said something to me and I growled at her. I had to go get away and, you know, uh, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said, Ronnie, you don't pay attention how you respond. And then you get upset with her because she don't understand what you're trying to do. Don't look at me in that frame of voice. <laughs> I came back in there and I said, I'm sorry, I did not realize how I said it. And she put her arms around me and loved me anyway. <laughs> Here's my point. My point is, we've got to understand there is such thing as sacrificing self. And if you want to know the truth, self has been our problem. And I'm not talking about Ronnie Allen's self to all of y'all. I'm talking about our own selves. That's our problem. The world will not straighten out until people have an encounter with the love of God to know the meaning of their life. Your life was meant to give away. It was not meant that everybody in the world should sacrifice for your fulfillment. Well, that went really good. Holy Spirit, go ahead and just keep them up tonight until they get it. This is the truth. Honor comes before freedom. I'm, I'm giving these last things to you. Honor comes before freedom. When you honor life, when you honor God, when you honor the Word of God, freedom will come because you honored the right things. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. But honor activates the Word you hear. In other words, you can hear the Word of God this morning and it not be activated in your life because you did not regard it. You don't know how many times as a pastor I've seen that so many times. Faith works or is energized by the love of God. I didn't say love for God. I said the love of God. When the love of God defines your life, you won't want to live your life 
for your dreams. Now listen very carefully. This is totally different than what self-help is. Self-help is all about you promoting yourself. The love of God doesn't promote yourself. The devil is very selfish. Fallen human nature is centered around self. Okay? The love of God is selfless. Jesus didn't go to the cross thinking of himself. He went to the cross thinking of you. And the joy that was set before him is what caused him to be able to endure the sacrifice. The love of God in our hearts. I didn't say the love for God again. The love of God in our hearts is what causes us to move out of self-centeredness to selflessness and now begins to focus on giving the joy that's on the inside of us away. You take a, a parent. What does a parent do? It sacrifices. I mean, they sacrifice. Well, they sacrifice to give the joy of that child, to give themselves to that joy. They want that, jo that, that child to have the best. What do you think Jesus wants you to have? Now let's take this out. Don't you want those that are around you in your home, in our society, to have the best? Then you have to give yourself for them to get it. Are you following me? This is about passing that love along. It's called not only a marathon, but a relay race. Amen. I'm relaying it to you. For you to have it today, someone relayed it from a previous generation. Does that make sense? Yes. Glory to God. I hope I provoked you to love and good works. Amen. Father, I thank you right now for every person here that you're talking to us by your Spirit. And Lord, help us all to look into our own lives, find out what really motivates us. And if it's selfishness, help us to repent. If it's self-centeredness, help us to repent. If it's like the love of Jesus towards us, help us to embrace it. Because the, in the short term, it may be sacrificial. It may cost us some pain. But it produces the joy and the meaning of our existence. Father, I thank you that every person in the sound of my voice would embrace the love that you gave us so that we would love others the same.
those in our house instead of begrudging help us to embrace the love that you have for us and give it away to them Lord if we sow the seeds of the spirit life we shall of those seeds reap a harvest if we sow the seeds of fallen human nature we'll reap corruption degradation and disgrace but Lord we thank you that you said it is possible to have the joy that was in you while you was here on earth to have it in us we want that joy we want that joy if you want it just tell him I want it you tell him not me tell him right now I want your joy thank you Jesus I want your joy would you stand up with me as, as we get ready to leave Father I thank you right now that every person you see their need help us to understand what seed you placed in our hand for that need to be met if we want people praying for us help us to understand we have to sow the seed to pray for somebody else if we want encouragement Lord we have to sow the seed of encouragement to somebody else even when we don't feel encouraged ourselves Lord if we want an act of we need an act of kindness and deliverance help us to be the instrument of kindness and deliverance for somebody else thank you Jesus if we want healing help us to learn to pray for the sick now father you've made it possible for every need in the sound of my voice would be met through the seed Lord we give you the praise and thanksgiving that you talk to us straightly truthfully from your heart help us to take this deep within ourselves Holy Spirit we're counting on you to bring these things back to our remembrance when our flesh tries to rise up and remind us of these things that you're talking to us about Lord we give you the praise and thanksgiving now father as we leave this place today if there's anyone who doesn't know you thank you for drawing them by your spirit and help them to become your disciple help them to be willing now father we leave this place today we thank you that your grace surrounds us like a shield follows us wherever we go we hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow Lord you've given your angels charge over us our families our properties and our goods 
You've given us your name, Jesus, to use, which we invoke right now and we declare. Say this with me out loud. I declare in the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among us. Lord, you've given us your love. So fill us full of your love. And as we go out into our everyday lives, and every person we come in contact with, that your love would just ooze out of us and touch them. We give you the praise and thanksgiving for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor saying, You're a living martyr. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.